2: Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry But I guess you know now
1: baby. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline head, Now to go, oh, back to the Gabe Kuhn so Show now. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios baby. On 92.9 FM ESPN We're
3: your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did he Back in and rolling on the Gabe Coon show, ninety FM ESPN and very pleased to be joined by the head football coach at the University of Memphis, that'd be Ryan Silverfield, on X at R Silverfield. Coach, what's happening? You're in my birth city. How about that?
4: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, as we landed, I saw you know, it was so big coming in, landing in Saint Louis, saw the Gabe Coon statue and yes. uh, it was good to see. But uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to page home and show it yet because we've got to get ready for our big game tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, and I was telling, uh, I was telling Scott as well. You, uh, you went to uh, Top Golf last night. You were about five minutes away from my birth home. So I, uh, and, and honestly, nobody's in there. My family's in the process of a move to San Diego. So I offered the garage code. You guys didn't take me up on that. I guess y'all were taken care of at a hotel or, or elsewhere. So
4: yeah, we we thought about putting some of our better players up in your former, home, <laughs> but I think right. Top Golf. One of my Shots. Uh, I, I sliced it pretty well. And I think I actually cracked a window. So I yes. just them, I'll go and get to Memphis Athletics. Uh, care of somebody else. Mm-hmm.
3: So so was this always going to be the plan, though? Getting there a day early. I, this is not necessarily a commonality. Uh, you know, bringing a bringing a team practicing one day in a uh, you know for a non conference uh, away game. Uh, was this always the plan uh, with what you were going to do for for the St Louis trip?
4: So two things occurred, Gabe. One, when Missouri didn't want to play us at home anymore, I said, "Okay, so let's do, you know, wherever it was going to be and uh, uh, home game for them here in St. Louis. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll call it that." Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, their their
3: their logos on the field, so I think it's and fair. Once
4: we, <laughs> <laughs> and once we once uh, we knew that we were playing Navy on a short week, so I looked at two fold. I said, "One, our guys, you know, I'm going to give them Friday, Saturday off of Navy, get their bodies right back, and then and proceed into Preparing for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, I knew that our guys, you know, um, would have their legs back underneath them and with us playing in a dome, which a lot of our players haven't played in a dome. Right. And it's it's not like it's uh, you know, it's a it's not the newest of domes, right? <laughs> it's a different turf, different feel for things. Um so I said, you know, with given the schedule, the way it worked, right, with our guys having the advantage to, you know, get ahead on classes, to take care take care of their bodies and do those things, it just made sense to me. Okay, hey, let's Let's practice Thursday morning in Memphis, um, and then head to St. Louis and, and you know do some camaraderie stuff because mm-hmm. you, you still think about it, right? That's as important as anything as we continue to have these new faces on our, our roster. It is getting to know each other and spend time, and part of the team building aspect. So we did that the top golf, and then just another night, right, to, to be around our guys. Uh, not even talk football last night, but just to be around them and, and let them take care of their bodies with treatment at the hotel, feed them hydrate and then more than anything the biggest thing was getting a practice in the dome right those right. legs are different the turf different the locker room and the feel of everything is so different than um just going and playing hey we're playing an away game in, in a different stadium so uh, i thought it was important i think our guys really bought into it they've been phenomenal um they've enjoyed this trip uh, they're focused and excited about the challenge tomorrow night
3: do you have uh do you have any experience in the uh, in the Edward Jones Dome that's what it was when I I mean when I was going to Rams home game home games but I think it's the Dome at America Center now do you have any experience from your NFL days there
4: Yes sir yeah. Okay. But, uh, coached against the uh, the Rams twice and then they told me uh in fact uh one of the local reporters looked it up and 2012 December uh was the last game I coached in there and Adrian Pearson won off um and it was a Vikings victory so Look, we'll take any type of repeated success like that tomorrow night for the Memphis Tigers. Uh, right. But, yeah, you know, guess what? I, I don't think the, the turf has changed much. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the locker room certainly has, but, no, no, it's it's going to be a great venue. It's going to be an exciting time. I know a lot of our fans are traveling. I wish them safe travels, but it, it's going to be a heck of an event. And, uh and it should be a great
3: game. So when we talk about Mizzou, um, they're coming off a big win against Kansas State with that 61-yard bomb from their kicker. I still can't believe that that thing went through the uprights, but good for him, SEC record. Um, but their quarterback, Brady Cook, may have some some injuries along the way. I know it doesn't necessarily change that you're going to prep for him, but how much different is it when you don't necessarily know, you know from a defensive game planning standpoint, how much different is it when you don't know who's going to run out there first?
4: Yeah, I mean, I do think it presents more challenges to the defense. I says, Oh, what is that good news? Not really, because now instead (laughs) of just saying, here's the quarterback that's going to play. Now you're prepping for two quarterbacks. You're going back and watching the first game of the season. You try and pull up film on them. Um, But here's the deal, Gabe, they went into the season saying they have three capable starting quarterbacks. So a month ago, they weren't sure who the quarterback was game one. They played two quarterbacks. And then, you know, even before their game versus Kansas state, right. their their quarterback was getting booed by their home crowd. So, um, I, I just don't play into the games. I'm sure he's banged up all the stuff. We've got to prepare for Missouri's offense and what they do. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz system. So um, we've got to come out all guns a blazing and, and figure out what they're trying to do offensively. But we have had to go back and watch and see the other quarterbacks in action just to get a feel.
3: Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Number three, number three, they definitely force feed him for a good reason. He is he is a ball player, Luther Burden. How much of the uh, how much have you guys had to hone in on him and, and what he can do?
4: Yeah, I mean, he is downright explosive. Um, you know, arguably considered one of the best athletes in the entire country. I believe he's Mizzou's top rated recruit in program history. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude can run. I mean, Calvin Austin speed with size to go. Um, he's electric and move. It does so many things. He's their punt returner. They're going to find ways to take shots with him downfield, vertical shots. They're going to put him on screens, reverses. Every time they can, they're going to try to get hit the ball in his hand. So, Obviously, we have to clean up our tackling uh, right. from the first half of last week. We've got to be sound. You know, when they do catch a screen pass, you know, get him down, tackle him. He's going to have some plays. He's going to make some things. When they do take the vertical shots, uh, play top down and go make a play on the football. Because uh, if not, he, he's, he has the ability to expose anybody in the country. I mean, he's that good. He's an All-American type candidate. And uh, they know what to do to try to get the ball in his hands. We've just got to be smart and sound and play efficient around him. Right.
3: Right. And and it, with the tackling woes of the first half against Navy. I, I know you're not going to make excuses, but how much of that was short week issue cuz the second half they 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 came out, they were getting guys at the ground. They they sort of hit their stride. First half it seemed like a little bit of a slow start. Would do, do you attribute that even a little bit to it to the short week and maybe not getting to hit as much?
4: Sure. Yeah. Look, I I'm always the first to blame myself, as you know, and right. I did not allow our guys to tackle live bodies in a short week. Um, if we did that when you were playing, you'd say, what the heck, we would have a players union, right? That was even a few years back, much less nowadays. So on well, the short week, we just said, listen, let's let's be smart. You know, we never went full pads. Right? We're in shell, So we were smart with them. The biggest thing was getting the game day healthy on a short week. Um, and then the, the elements of the triple option, it's different, yeah. right, Gabe? We saw some things different blocks coming from different angles, different ways to pursue the football. So a combination of all that, and we've just got to be better. I think, you know, once the second, da- the second half came, we slowed ourselves down. We said, okay, we know what's coming, and, and then played more sound. And obviously that helps with cleaner tackles.
3: Yeah. Now what did you let's, – let's rewind to it, and I know you've put it in the past, but what did you like from uh, from your team? What did you not like from your team from that, from that win?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, missed tackles and then – The ability to put the game away, and we didn't. Right? We talked about those are those things that will absolutely haunt you uh, throughout the season if those continue. Right? We had the ability to finish the game twice, then. um, But then, what you do love is the resiliency to finish the game a different manner. Right? The defense to go out there and get the stop, and to trust it because you know the ebbs and flows of a college football season game. You know, we hope we're playing 14 games this season. One game at a time is. You know, it's so easy to point the finger and say, oh, here we go. This is Bad things are happening. This reminds us of Houston like we're not able to. Right. No, the guys are like, okay, we got this. And the belief system of these young men is huge. So, you know, I got to see the perseverance, the character of this group that, uh, man, they're going to continue to battle. And that's as pleasing as anything. And that may not show up in the box score. But what you know is, and you played the game and, and you understand what it's like in that locker room. Okay, there is a belief, man. We, we, can, yep. we can do this thing at a high level. And so that doubt is never laid in. Um, you know, even no matter what it looked like, whether it's the first quarter to the final whistle,
3: uh, they got a little funky with that spot there at the end. I, I felt like I almost saw you come unglued, running off the sideline there. That was that was something. I I that was that was a strange moment. I from where I was, my vantage point, it, it felt like he was a good three quarter yard short. I I know that you probably because you can't call for a, a review, right? You you can just sort of get a timeout and and suggest, hey, strongly suggest, hey, go look at that.
4: Yeah, there's no such thing as a challenge. So there's no red flag in the back of my pocket, much to, to fans' demise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. it's the nature of it. Now, you can have some choice words and some nice conversations <laughs> with officials about what they need to do, right? And and, and say some things that uh, you know that are probably not pleasant to the, the common person, and uh, just let them know my sentiment on what really should have happened. Um, And then at that point, I was close to just burning a timeout because if they weren't going to challenge it themselves or review it, then uh, my only option was to call a timeout and be an old school, you know. Probably like a major league b- baseball, you know, <laughs> <laughs> manager coming out and arguing my case. Lou Pinella
3: kicking, right. kicking the dirt on the on the umpire's feet. Yeah.
4: Hey, listen, if they, if they had to eject me and it meant we won the football game, I'm sure we would have been okay. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, that spot was clearly short. I'm glad they will we'll get it right. And yep. so we're not here to uh, to bash the officials. We're just here to find ways to win the game. And, and we were fortunate. But yes, it was. Um, the, the hair on the back of my neck, I'm sure you could see, was standing up and. You know, it was not when I went out to talk to the official. It wasn't about how I I liked his shoe choice. Now,
3: last couple of things for uh, head football coach of the University of Memphis, Ryan Silverfield, on X at R Silverfield. When we talk about this weekend going into the Dome, you guys have been there for a day. You've gotten to practice in the Dome. Um, so, what are the keys? Like, what what do you, what do you guys need to get accomplished to get a win uh, in St. Louis?
4: You look, Gabe. I mean, you you understand it. it's an undefeated SEC team that playing really well right now that's, um, that's going to make some noise in the SEC. And so it's we've got to come out and play our best ball. And we've got to come out swinging. There's going to be – right, this will be the first time we practice with the crowd noise because it is in the dome and it's an away game. Um, there's going to be some adversity. How do we handle it, right? They've got right. good players. So things are going to happen. So um, whether it's the opening kickoff or, you know, middle of the fourth quarter, you know, some things, they're, they're going to make some plays. And how are we able to handle that? How are we will to go out and continue to attack? And the explosives, we've got to find ways to hit on ours when we can and also understand that they're going to take shots. So we can't allow uh, them to just open the game up and and take shots down the field and and connect. We've got to play sound fundamentally and do what we're capable of. And it's going to be a four-quarter fight. Um, We want to turn it into a a dogfight, and that's what we're expecting. And um, our guys are, are ready for this challenge, but it's an opportunity, and they're so excited.
3: So last week, watching Blake Watson, I mean, I, it was a coming out party, at least for Memphis fans, to see him do that in a Tiger uniform. Did anything you see on uh, on uh, last Thursday, did anything you see surprise you on, on what he was able no. to accomplish?
4: No. I mean, Blake has, you know, we knew he was banged up most of the spring, so I, I, when I knew his special was about midway through training camp, I said, man, this, this kid's the real deal. And uh, there's a reason he's rushed for back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, and then, what he can do, you know, catching the football on right. the backfield, he's great in pass protection. He does so many things. So, right, he's about as well-rounded player as you can find. And, you know, to be able
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com
4: We'll go and put in this on display for the rest of the country. See, it's pretty darn huge and special form So nothing surprised me. We're going to continue to rely on him and the rest of our running backs, but yeah, uh, you know, I think now everybody at least knows who Blake Watson is.
3: No question. Well, good luck. Let's uh, let the main thing be the main thing, and then on Monday you'll be at the Memphis Touchdown Club. So I think I think people will enjoy that as well
4: over yeah, there at well, the I Hilton. One more week after that, but yes, one more week we'll after be, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I think uh, you know my schedule better than I would. But yeah, yeah. we're we're excited. Uh, obviously, to all of our fans are traveling to St. Louis, uh, whether it be tonight or tomorrow. Safe travels. Looking forward to seeing the Tiger Blue, the Memphis yes, sir. Blue out there, and and go, go find a way to go 1-0 this week.
3: Rock on. Well, appreciate it, Coach.
4: Thanks, Gabe. Take care. See you later. Yes, back. sir.
3: That is Ryan Silverfield, head football coach at the University of Memphis at our Silverfield on X. Um, and he will be at the Memphis Touchdown Club next Monday, I guess, is what it, what it sounds like. Um, and if you need tickets and information for that, go to dot. But very pleased that he could join for at least a moment before they get into meetings and get into all their prep tonight. Um, But we have to go ahead and transition from here, and the Blitz is going to be next, right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN.
1: Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 929 FM, ESPN.
3: When you have disasters strike in your life, you need someone that takes pride in restoration. You need someone who takes pride in responding at your time of need. And Service Master by Cornerstone does that. They are the largest franchise in a 600-mile radius. I always tell you that. But they're the best at what they do. They're the best at restoration. When it comes to um, how good they are, uh, look no further than uh, them being the number one Service Master Store franchise in the United States of America. Yeah, that'll tell you the story. Um, so whether it's water damage, storm damage, Warm damage in general, you need mold remediation, Um, there's a fire and there's smoke damage. Make sure you call Service Master by Cornerstone. No matter the place, no matter the size, they're here to help with the damage. It could be a school, it could be an office building, it could be your home, it could be residential properties, and they will come help you in your time of need. Tyler, the president and owner of Service Master by Cornerstone, and his team take pride in what they do, and they respond at these moments. Their motto is, we don't pray for disaster, we just pray that we get called when there is one. So remember the name, locally owned, locally operated, Service Master by Cornerstone. And what do I always say? I said you need someone to respond in your time of need. That's their number. 901-RESPOND for Service Master by Cornerstone. Again, 901-RESPOND, 901 901-RESPOND. 901 now we're live from the beautiful Service Master by Cornerstone studios, and it's time to hop into the blitz. <laughs>
1: Overloading the line. A bull rush of info. It's Gabe's Blitz on the Game Kuhn Show, on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis' sports station.
0: And always remember that the Blitz is brought to you by Sissy's Log Cabin. Connor, let's get into it. Big Saturday ahead. What college football coaches need to win the most this weekend?
3: A lot of them, quite frankly. This is what, I mean, this is separation Saturday. We have a lot of Pac-12 coaches uh, that really want to play for the conference in its final year. Quite frankly, when it before it turns to dust, I always say that. Um, but they need to show their power: Oregon State, Washington State, Colorado, Oregon, UCLA, Utah. Those matchups are going to be great. I, I have four in particular, and then I'll get to Ryan. I think I think uh, Ryan Silverfield. You know, we'll we'll talk to him. Uh, we already talked to him just a second ago, but. Um, I sort of look at, at at what he needs to get done this weekend. If he can get a win, it would just go a long way. I don't necessarily think he needs a win, though, right? I don't think that this this Mizzou game is going to make or break what they accomplished this year, but it would go a long way to getting the fan base back. But let me go ahead and get into it. I have four in particular. Sam Pittman at LSU. I, I don't expect him to win this game. I don't expect Arkansas to go win this game. They, they always struggle at LSU, but at the same time... Um, they have won this game in the past. And I think Sam Pittman is in a peculiar spot. Like, yeah, he, he has resurrected this program from the depths of hell. Let's be quite honest about it. Chad Morris was one of the worst FBS coaches, especially Power 5 coaches we've seen. Um, but Sam Pittman, it almost feels like that fan base, and, and quite frankly, I sort of share this sentiment, it feels like right now maybe he's peaked with what he's gotten. You know, he has K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders. Um, he's had some turnover in that uh, 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 on that staff that he's had to sort of replace. Uh, Barry Odom's off the UNLV, that type of thing. He needs to show that he can still compete with the top of the SEC. That's the truth of the matter. You still have K.J. You still have Rocket. Go make something happen right this second. I know that there's uh, some fans in that Arkansas orbit that – sort of want to see some serious results before KJ is off campus because you never know. I mean, it's really hard to find another multi-talented quarterback like KJ Jefferson in this day and age of college football and Sam Pittman. The other issue we've seen is the offensive line has sort of taken a, taken a hit. It's fallen off a cliff to a certain extent this year and he's an offensive line coach. And, and I think a lot of people sort of get frustrated by that. They feel like it should be a given and it's not this year. Sam Pittman, Needs a big win, and I think this this trip to LSU could could be a chance for that. Um, now, moving on, another SEC coach, Jimbo Fisher. Oh, my gosh, does he need a win? That loss to Miami put him behind the eight ball in a big way because they have so much money pumping into that program, right? They have a, a, a crazy NIL bag. They have just crazy donors that, that will throw money at that thing. Uh, hand over fist and I, I just they're two and one right now I think they're solid I like Connor Wagman. I think their offense has improved with Bobby Petrino now that he's taken over the play calling duties and and you know sort of week to week game planning duties um, but this win at home against Auburn if you lose this game I know that Jimbo could in a lot of ways just get his buyout move on into the sunset and some people uh, are just sort of waiting for that to happen but this Texas a fan base wants to win, and they want to win big, and they want to win big now. If you lose this Auburn game, you are in a weird, weird, uncomfortable spot where you're thinking about, okay, that $80 million buyout, whatever the hell the buyout is, it's a lot of money. Hey, we, we, we're thinking about raising that money and, and forking it over so we can go find somebody who can get this job done. Uh, Neil Brown is a guy who's been on the hot seat for, it feels like, ever at West Virginia. Right. Like it just feels like forever. Now he got a big win uh, last week or, you know, against uh, uh, Pittsburgh in the uh, backyard brawl. So, you know, I I think he has insulated himself at least a little bit. But you're taking on Texas Tech at home and Texas Tech has sort of been, you know, putzing around, not looking that good. And they were sort of the dark horse in the Big 12 to be able to make something happen with Tyler Shue at quarterback. Uh, but Neil Brown needs to stack a couple of good wins on top of each other. Get that pit win, sure. But now get that Texas Tech win. And then you really start to show, okay, I have improvement. I am 3-1. and one. I feel good about where this program's headed. And uh, you, you can at least get your seat at le- e- cooled off a little bit. But he is probably on the hottest seat of any coach coming into this year because of what he's done at West Virginia. Uh, it just has not been good. Uh, and then the final one, and this is a little more abstract, Connor. And I know people will, you know, look at me crazy and they'll say, you're, you're insane. But Ryan Day needs a win at Notre Dame. Or versus Notre Dame at home. He needs this win in a big way. And not because I think he's going to be on the hot seat. Like, that's not, that's not what I think it is. But that fan base, as you know, Connor, is rabid as hell. Yes. When C.J. Stroud had a couple of struggles, what was that, two years ago, they wanted to replace him immediately. We see C.J. Stroud balling in the NFL, and we saw what he did last year, almost beating Georgia, right? Ryan Day cannot afford a loss to Notre Dame because then you get put behind the eight ball for college football playoff hopes. If you lose to Michigan, which you've lost to them the last two years, you're not going to get into the college football playoff, and that's the only thing those fans care about in the end of the day. The, the, the murmurs, everything about Ryan Day and the job he's done at Ohio State will come into question if they lose this game to Notre Dame. I can tell you right now, and I honestly think, I think Notre Dame has a real shot here. Notre Dame has finally added, on top of that, that great power run game that they've always had, they have Joe Alt left tackle, they have a really good right tackle as well, young guy. Um, I think his name's Blake Fisher. They have a really good run game still. Esteem A can really really go, but they have Sam Hartman who can really air it out, and and you've added that dimension. I really think Ohio State's in trouble this week, but they need to do everything they can to get over top of Notre Dame or, or that fan base will be up in arms and frustrated. Um, I don't necessarily think that's fair because this is a 9-win, 10-win, 11-win, 12-win team a year, but – when you have those expectations set, when you know what your fan base is, you lose a game like this early in the year, you are uh you're in
0: a world of hurt. Can I ask you just a wild question? Okay, go ahead. Let's say that the AM thing just completely falls apart. Is prime an option?
3: Uh That that's tough to me. And cuz Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, Shiloh are there and I Something tells me, as long as they are there, Prime is going to want to stay at Colorado because they can't transfer again unless they graduate. Um, And I don't know if Shador is going to go off to the NFL. If like I don't don't know how this is all going to work. But something tells me he's going to stay at Colorado while those guys are still in college. And then once they move on, he may not have the same, you know, uh, the same type of emotional attachment to that program, to that team in particular, and then it it could go that direction. I don't know though, like with A and M, like the, the question you pose, like I'm sure they'd reach out.
0: Right. Right? They've seen what he's able to do. That, that's kinda of what I meant. Like they've I, seen what he's able I to do. I could just see their boost boosters saying if we combine our money with him, it could be wild but if it's not prime isn't that the, this, but that's it, also the same idea they had with Jimbo This is this is
3: the issue I have Is like if it's not prime and they do move off of Jimbo who's 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 the coach out there who is the who is the big fish that they want to go get cuz I hate to do this to Ole Miss fans. The I was only about to one, say, the, it's only, Kiffin. the only, it's gotta be the Kiffin. only name that yeah, comes to my head if they move of. off of Jimbo Fisher that you say, "Okay, I feel like this guy can get us to where we want to go. I feel like this guy can get us in the college football playoff and win a national
0: championship." Kiffin's the only one I can hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. That's the the number one name other than Coach Prime I had in my head was Lane Kiffin.
3: Because if you let go of a guy like Jimbo, you have to have someone that you think can do the job better. You can't just bring in some, you know, you can't bring in Mike Elko. From Duke, although I, I would like, I mean, that's not a bad hire. And he was there as defensive coordinator before he moved on to Duke. Um, I, I just feel like you need you need somebody who c- you can make a splash with with that fan base. And, and you know what? I, I just did, you know, I've, I've already talked myself into it. Maybe Mike Elko could be a, another, another conversation to have behind closed doors. He's familiar with them. He knows how it works at, at A&M. But if you get rid of Jimbo, you have to have someone waiting in the wings that can get that job done because that fan base wants a quick turnaround, wants you to get going immediately. Right. <laughs> Curtis Givens the third is on his official visit to Memphis. Yeah, he pulled up. Did you see? Did you see the video this morning? I did see it. Yeah, and you know he's done a good job. Curtis Curtis Givens the third does a good job of. Uh, uh his sort of PR team I guess he had a video ready to go but you know Penny was at the uh airport ready to greet him they rolled out the red carpet they did the whole thing they really want this kid and I get why he's he's very very talented uh he's he's a great backcourt guy um certainly tall he's got some length to him like you, you feel good about his all around game I don't necessarily think he's the uh, a one and done guy he could be a a pro a, and I know how hard it is to keep guys on campus but he could be a guy you sort of build throughout Uh, His career and and be a program builder, if you will, Um, with all the turnover they're going to have with this roster. They have a lot of older guys that will be out in one or two years. Um, But I I really like like Curtis Givens and and what he could potentially provide. Um, I think it's going to come down to Memphis and LSU. Right. Like that. That seems like the 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 battle that we're waging right now that we're going to have to watch. Um, But I do think it's cool. Especially with the 2024 class, like in 2025, you have a lot of guys that have Memphis ties that are thinking about coming to Memphis. Billy Richmond as well, right? So you have Curtis Givens, the third, Billy Richmond, and and there Penny's right in the mix for both of those both of those kids. And to have you know the the Memphis ties back on this Memphis basketball program is fun. It's fun for the fans. It's fun for them, and it's fun for Penny Hardaway to to sort of sell. I think in, in in a in a big way, and for uh, for Billy Richmond, I, I sort of have heard it's Memphis, Alabama, with Nate Oates could be in the mix, and then of course Kentucky because of the ties with Cal. Um, but but I, I like I, I like this. I, I thought it was cool that they rolled out the red carpet for him. Uh, I wouldn't expect a commitment this weekend by any stretch of the imagination, but if he can get a commitment, you should be pretty excited about getting Curtis Givens to the University of Memphis.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I think the idea of Curtis Givens is fantastic for the Memphis Tigers. He can be that point guard for you moving forward, hopefully more than one year. I think that Penny has shown that, he can get guys to the league, and he can help develop guys. So it wouldn't be a bad landing spot for him. I think the idea—they're not—it's not a one-to-one comparison, but for some reason, when I think of Curtis Givens, I think of like a Kendrick Davis type of potential mm-hmm. at the University of Memphis as he gets older. It's just he's got—he's a little bit bigger than Kendrick is, but he's kind of got the same. I think he'd be set. a two,
3: three-year, four-year player. I would like, hope so, and yeah. we'll see. I would it love we'll to see him in a
0: Tigers uniform.
3: Um. Also, I saw this today is via Verbal Commits on on X. They asked the question is Penny Hardaway the coach prime of college basketball? What do you think about that? I think it's I, listen, I get the I get it like very uh, recognizable face, respected face and just, you know, American basketball if you will, in, in American sports. But I think it's kind of lazy in the fact that coach prime is he pushes I mean Maybe at the beginning, Penny was a lot of glam and a lot of uh, you know. The
0: beginning, a lot I, of expectation I can see
3: the comparison created. at
0: the beginning, the number one. But
3: now that I, they I think had. it's kind of lazy because I think Penny, in a lot of ways, is has gotten into this under promise, over deliver mindset, and I think that's the the mindset he he learned he should have after sort of. You know, first three, four years, not necessarily living up to expectations. There's such, they're, they're different, such different personalities, though, yeah. too. Like, that's why I think it's relatively lazy. Well, but I, I get why people draw the
0: comparison, but I don't think they're even close in personality. I understand the comparison. I don't think they're very close in personality. I think that the way that they operate their teams are similar. Like, they are very player first oriented type of people. They want to get these guys to the league. They understand the development process is a big thing that matters. But the biggest difference is that Dion, De, coach prime has, he has NIL backing him and Penny didn't when they first started. Right. That's I think that's the biggest difference because all the, the thing with Penny, I think it would be more of a one-to-one comparison. Like if James Wiseman got to play, like things like if that stuff didn't happen, maybe we're talking about it as more of a one-to-one, but because he had to deal with that stuff, I'm not sure it's a perfect comparison, but I understand what they're trying to say with it. I, you know, I get it. It's like if you were going to draw, if coming. you were going to draw a comparison to Prime in
3: college basketball, it'd have, the to be, it'd have to be yeah. Penny Hardaway, but I, I, I still think it's relatively lazy because I don't. They're not the same person. No, they're not. <laughs> like Penny at first, I get the did, idea of it. Though at, at Penny at first did what Prime did, right? Like he he pushed out this program. We went all the smoke. Memphis Madness was sold out. You have like everybody's going nuts, and then he fell a little flat, right? And he, and he didn't get the exp- get the uh, results he wanted.
0: I also think and the it's, expectations are higher for Penny. Yeah, but it's it's changed his mind. That is true. They're yeah. way higher. It's Memphis is a top, also, like a historic basketball program of, in the part country. Of that, Colorado, no offense, gay. I know no, you're no, no, right, but, but, but part like, of that's not the same. Part
3: of that is like turning over rosters a lot easier in basketball too. Like, yeah. If you have a couple of good recruiting classes, you feel really good yeah, about where you're true. at. Yeah. Um. But I I don't know if I if I necessarily buy into it one to one. But if you were going to draw that comparison in college basketball, I don't think Probably there's the anybody else that's, that's that close.
0: The, the biggest, I think, similarity between the two is when they call you, you answer the phone, whether you're a parent or a player, because it's holy crap, Penny Hardaway or Deion Sanders is calling me right now. That's the biggest. It's they're undeniable in that sense. I suppose. Yes,
3: and I and I think it's you know if you're a, if you're a player, you. You probably want to get involved yeah. with the Memphis program, just like you want to get involved with that Colorado program. If you're a football player, absolutely right. Like that, that's part of it. So I get it. It's an easy selling point to have those guys leading your programs, and and that's sort of what people are drawing the
0: comparison off of. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bart Scott. Had stuff to. Or he tried to make a joke about yes. about Trayvon Diggs' torn ACL.
3: Before we get into this, I don't want to go crazy on Bart Scott. I think people are going nuts, and They're, I know Cowboys fans can right. be rabid. But I, I thought it was a little distasteful. We yeah. can say that to say. Here's what he had to say. This is a major, major blow for Dallas, and like Stephen A. always says, just wait. Something bad always happens. <laughs> no, don't start that. Don't <laughs> yeah, start that. On, his don't face here. No, no,
0: First of all, I, he, I, like, I wouldn't do that. He knew.
1: Right now. It, well, you know, and, and here's what oh, I think. See, yeah. This is a season-ending injury, so I'm certainly right. not going to joke about that. You hear Stephen? It's my brother. Respect. I got a lot. Oh.
3: Bart tried to play into the Stephen A. Cowboy hate. But yeah, when we're talking about a player of Trayvon Diggs' caliber tearing his ACL. With the with the bag that went to him, he's an all pro. He's a Pro Bowler. He's very fun. He makes he makes the NFL better. He's an entertainer. He you know he he makes plays. He he's consistent you know consistently at the top of the league when it comes to interceptions. Like I, I don't think Bart Scott should have taken that route. He tried to make a joke and it fell super hey, flat. Just you just heard work. Stephen A. Smith because you think Steve
1: after the end of a good fight, you deserve a ice cold reward.
3: A. Smith's going to be this cowboy hater, but we're talking about a human being who just tore his ACL and his full season's going to be gone. That's sad on on its, you know. And I, I figured, weirdly enough, I know Bart Scott can be a hot take artist at times and he can, you know, you know stir the pot. But I figured being a former player, he'd not come out and, and sort of be this way. Sort of talk about the cow. Oh, something's going to ro- go wrong. Just wait. Just wait. You don't need to be a Cowboy hater about Trayvon Diggs and his ACL. Let's talk about Trayvon Diggs, what this means for him long term and everything else. It's sad. It's sad.
0: It was a faux pas. He tried a joke. It didn't work. He thought that Stephen A was going to run with the Cowboys stuff. You know, as soon as he said it, they cut to his face and he knows he messed up. I'm not going to hold it against him too much, but I understand why some people may be frustrated by it. But it was very clearly he was trying to relate to Stephen A. and it just didn't work. <laughs> and here's—I will say this too, though—Stephen A. was a bit dramatic with his response. Like, don't you don't put the people you're on air with in a position like that. You—he shouldn't have. I think, but I think Bart he, did it. To, did it to I himself think himself in a lot of ways. Sure, but what I mean is like. Stephen A was a little bit dramatic about like the whole oh we don't do that's like Stephen you've done that before too he's done stuff like that too he made a mistake not that big of a deal everybody move on
3: yeah but I did I did get a kick out of Stephen A Smith and Ryan Clark's response like oh Bart shut the hell up yeah well, that's what that. I mean that's
0: what I mean like they both of them need to relax they both said stuff probably worse than that <laughs> probably about the Cowboys
3: yeah but I I you know when it comes to the Trayvon Diggs ACL injury I feel awful it sucks. for him and the it Cowboys sucks, dude. because. Now, you know, they're gonna have to dig into that depth. And you thought that you were gonna have Stefan Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs opposite sides each other the entire year with that
0: pass rush? They, both of us have said that we are rooting for the Cowboys actively this year. Like I think that fan base, listen, they've been through it. They've been through it. I do think that they deserve some glory finally. It's been how long since the the glory days of the Cowboys were around. So I've been rooting for them and I and I love watching. Defenses that are just dominant and fast, just so fast, and that's what they were. I hate to see it, really do. Yeah, yeah.
3: And Trayvon Diggs, quite frankly, a couple years ago when he was an All Pro and led the league in interceptions, there was this miss. There was this conversation about, oh, is he a boomer bust guy? Because he gave up some big plays. I remember against the Broncos, Tim Patrick was catching balls all over him. Oh, that's a had, name. He had, he had he had some issues um, with with just sort of man coverage, but. The past two seasons since that year, Trayvon Diggs has really become not just the boomer bus guy. He is great in coverage consistently. He can drape all over guys, and he has changed his game. He has morphed who he is as a player, and I think there's a lot of respect there. A lot of respect owed to him for that because, I mean, he was, he was getting hammered. Even his all-pro year, when he led the league in interceptions, people went after him. And maybe that comes with the Cowboys, you know, having that Cowboys co-sign. People don't like the Cowboys. People like to root actively against the Cowboys, so they'll down every star player they have. But I think that Trayvon Diggs has really come into his own as a player. We've seen it the first two weeks of the season. And to see him out for the rest, man, it, it breaks my heart for him. It breaks my heart for him and for the Cowboys' defense. It helps
0: that they still have Micah Parsons. That does help. It does help, yes. And, well, and also like,
3: uh, yeah. We bring up Micah Parsons because Micah Parsons is the defensive player of the year candidate on that on right. that likely top five defense. But let's not let's not forget about everybody else they have up front: Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, Demarcus Lawrence. Like You're so fast, dude. They're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. Dan Quinn. I'm not going to say his job's easy because he came in. And it was not a good defense, and he was tasked with the job of making a bottom half defense a top five defense, and he went and made it happen. But all these chess pieces he has—it's got to be so fun to draw up blitzes on third and long, and like play They're with no lines before they rush yeah, exactly. people. Exactly, and, and still winning, and still winning. Yeah, right. You know, he's been line, like he there's a couple plays uh, the, the first two weeks where he's lining up Micah Parsons as a nose tackle. And it's like, oh, you're getting a, you're getting way exotic. And honestly, he can because he's got so many different pieces that he can work with. But um, very sad that he lost a piece in, in, in Trayvon Diggs to an ACL for the year. Now snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Gabe K. That is my promo code, G-A-B-E-K, and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and 92.9 ESPN. You must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. We'll come back to wrap up the show, come back to wrap up the week. That's the Rewind. It's going to be next, 92.9 FM ESPN.